0: Give these young people another big praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Wasn't that great? Amen. Aren't you thankful you got young people in your church that's coming on up? When you old and feeble and can't go no more, they'll be the praise team. Amen. They'll be taken over. Thank God for them and for the blessing that we have in our church to have them in our church. Worshiping and learning how to praise God. Learning how to lead in worship and praising God. I'm still rejoicing over the message this morning from the pastor. He, uh, he stirred me up this morning and uh, got next to my funny bone, my spiritual funny bone. Hallelujah. Don't we need more of that preaching today in our churches? Jesus is coming, whether we believe it or not. It won't make no difference. He's still coming on time. Amen, a little too hot up here anyway, it's just right, right there. When I get louder, we'll see how it goes. Y'all just turn around and wave at them and that'll let them know that you're being blown away. They do a good job up there when you put up with a whole church complaining at you, one telling you it's too loud, another telling you it's too quiet. You do a good job staying up there. Amen. I count it an honor and a privilege to, uh, I'm going to do what you said, David. If that don't work, then it's your fault to have opportunity to speak to you. I'm glad I have opportunity to speak anywhere my age. People don't really care about hearing old folks. It's sort of like listening to a, when I was growing up, they didn't They didn't really like a young boy coming and holding a revival. For whatever reason, I have no earthly idea. We had a lady to come hold us a revival. First time I ever went to the altar, she was 18 years old. Ethel Grace Bradley, you believe I still remember her name, all of it. It's amazing to me. I was not very big, small guy. But Ethel Grace, she showed so much attention to what few not-headed boys there was in that church until we just loved her to death. And she held a six-week revival. They fussed at the pastor when they, she showed up and she, he had gotten a little old teenage girl to come and hold a revival of all things. But before it was over with, they was in the altar themselves seeking the Lord. Those times are good, aren't they? I want to talk about faith, hope, and love tonight. This in our adult class, we have been studying on the book of Corinthians. Uh, this This past what month? Started first of the month in Corinthians, and uh, <clears throat> then Pastor he sort of got on the sermon a little bit out here. We covered some of it in class this morning. I said, "Well, Lord, <laughs> at least I'm on track. I'm along with everybody else." and church today so I hope that the Lord will use it to bless and stir and move in your heart and in your life today I want to read from the 13th chapter of Corinthians and uh, I'm going to read the entire chapter because I think it will help lead us up to where we are going to be speaking at Paul is dealing with the Corinthian church on their proper use of gifts And in this particular chapter, he's dealing with these three things, faith, hope, and love, charity. And he wants them to understand how important these things was in relationship to what he was going to deal with them for two whole books in the Bible about how they conducted themselves, how they acted, and what they done. And Paul stopped... In the midst of all of this, now in chapter 14, he'll pick back up and really get into some nitty-gritty stuff. But he pauses a little while and wants them to take note of these particular things in order to understand where he's coming from. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. I'm reading from the King James Version. New King James would say love instead of charity. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could not, could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, And though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long, and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vauneth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemingly. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not, Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. Are you hearing all he's saying? He's putting this above and beyond anything else you look at, anything else you study, anything else you do within the word of God. He said, if you pass this up, you're in trouble. No matter what you're doing, you're in trouble. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know even as also I am known and now. Abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity or love. Faith, hope, love. What a scripture. What a chapter in the Bible that we should consume with all of our being, with all of our heart, and with all of our soul that we might live the kind of life Jesus wants us to live in this present world. Now these things are not easy things if you're going to try to do them on your own. They're totally about impossible. These things are things that we receive when we get saved, when we go to Jesus and ask him into our life and into our heart. There's numerous scriptures that will tell you that once you submit yourself to Jesus Christ, then he will bring things into being in your life. He will bring many things into your life. When we read these verses of scripture, the importance in the word love becomes becomes evident. It is easy to understand that while Paul talked of three things, His main focus was on the power and the importance of love. And I'm going to speak just a little bit about love, but that's not what I'm going to focus on tonight. I'm going to focus on another one of these words that I hope will cause you to see something you might have not have seen before if you never studied this. And when you look at chapter 13, there are the ABCs of love. They give us right down to the bit of what it's all about. Also, the word faith gets a lot of our attention as we study the uh, the 13th chapter of Corinthians as well as any other parts of the New Testament. But there's a third word here along with faith and love that gets very little attention. You very seldom hear a preacher preach on hope. He preaches on faith, he preaches on love, and he can't hardly preach a sermon without getting on it if he's in the Bible. But very seldom do you hear much talk about the word hope, and I've preached on hope before. Matter of fact, I think I preached on hope when Lynn got cancer, the best I remember. I don't know, but seems like seems like that's... That, uh, that, is, that is when I first looked strongly at this word. Uh, that's, that's the one we want to look at tonight. Paul was not saying that hope was lesser than love when he talked about love being, being superior. <clears throat> Paul was not saying that it was less than faith. But Paul wanted us to understand hope played a very important part. Paul, Paul was saying hope is, is not lesser than love. Love is superior in the sense that it covers all things. It covers all things, all of your sins, all of your guilts, all of your troubles, all of your trials, all of your problems. Love is able to cover it. All of your mistakes, love is able to cover it. He said what, what used to be was a problem. He said, you wasn't really full. You wasn't really, you wasn't really a full being, but said, when you come to, when you come to get a hold of love in your life, he said, then all of that that used to be, is done away with. And you become a new person. You become a a new individual. The promise is by faith. Now, I'm not going to deal with faith a lot, but faith is important in these three words that Paul uses. When he said faith, hope, and love. Faith is important. What I want to show you is how you cannot have one without the other. Faith, hope, and love. They don't stand alone. They stand together. Romans 4, 13 said, For the promise that we would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law. I want you to say seed. I want you to see this. You've heard me talk about this before. I'm a a fanatic about talking about Abraham and his relationship to us today because there's no way to separate Abraham from us or we don't have no promise. If we get rid of Abraham as an Old Testament, we've lost our whole heritage. We don't have nothing. We don't have anything. So he says for the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Through the righteousness of faith. I never get tired of thinking about my relationship to Abraham. My relationship to Abraham is as close as my relationship is to you. My relationship to Abraham is close as my relationship is to Darlene. My relationship to Abraham is closer to me than any of you because it is through his faith that I actually was able to come to where I am today, where I am able to be who I am today, an heir of the promise. Abraham was the man who moved by faith and God honored his faith. And so God said, I want you to understand you're the seed of Abraham, but you're not the seed of Abraham because of the law I made. You're the seed of Abraham because of his faith that he had in God Almighty. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect. So, if the law is what I'm going to depend on and stand on, I'm in serious trouble. I've lost my relationship. I lost my relationship with Abraham. I lost my relationship with God. I lost my relationship with Jesus. I'm just out here nowhere. Because it is dependent upon this. Because the law brings about wrath. For where there is, for where there is no law, there is no transgression. Listen to him. Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. I'd just like to take out five minutes to shout if my body would obey my mind. Because herein lies the wonderful, most blessed, most wonderful thing I have going for me tonight. That is my seed in Abraham, my relationship in Abraham, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Hmm. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead, and cause those things which do not exist as though they did. Herein lies our greatest hope. Herein lies our greatest promise. Herein lies our greatest privileges. Herein lies the very heartbeat of our soul, of our salvation, of our relationship with God and with man. Is this thing right here God who gives life to the dead. See, every one of you were dead before you come to know Jesus. You had no promise that a marble, the grave was where you're going and that's the end. But it's not so now with me. Since I accepted the Lord Jesus, my personal savior, and by faith accepted him, I became the heir of promise. Hmm and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Abraham was not right with God for any kind of works he had done. He was faithful to God. He'd done things, but he was not right with God because of any kind of works he'd done, but by faith in God. And he believed God was able to make him righteous. That's what the Bible said. He reached out for the free gift of God by faith. But what happens over time is doubt comes in and clouds our minds and after a while we teeter-totter and we, we, we don't do everything that we need to do. Look at Romans 4, 17 again. For it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Now look at verse 18. Who contrary to hope. Hmm. He saw himself as dead. He saw himself as nothing until... He woke up in faith and reached out to God in faith. And then the Bible said, in, in, who in contrary to hope, in hope believed, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. Hope overcomes all obstacles. Hope overcomes all doubt. Hope overcomes all difficulties. Hope overcomes all tribulations. Hope overcomes everything we wrestle with in our life if we can get a hold of it and recognize how important it is. Hope sustains us. Hope keeps us. Hope causes the man that's laying on his deathbed to look up and tears roll down in his face and say, it won't be long, now I'll be home. It's hope that does that. It's not what we preached and what we believed and this and that and those and those. It is the faith in hope that causes him to go on and keep on keeping on. It's my faith with hope that causes me today to keep on preaching, to keep on praying, to keep on worshiping, and to keep on believing and knowing without a shadow of a doubt I'm going to see him one day face to face, not anybody else but me, myself. I'm going to look him in the eye and worship him in his presence. Hope maketh not ashamed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We'll give him a praise offering. Hallelujah. Against hope, believe. The thing we see here is like a runner. We may think in our minds that says, I'm almost to the goal line. I'm going to keep on running. He hopes, he makes it. I've heard people say many times, I hope so and so. I've even heard preachers in relationship to Christianity say, I hope that I'm saved. That's not the kind of hope Paul's talking about. That's not the kind of hope Paul is trying to tell the Corinthians about. That's that's not even close to the hope Paul is dealing with here for them. No, but against all he believed, for he had hope in him which arose as his faith did even from the dead. No matter what's going on, no matter what the difficulty or the situation is, Paul said hope will keep us going, will keep us in line, will keep us how do you think those Christians in some of the countries around the world today that's being killed because they're Christians, how do you think they actually are able to stand and, 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 and do what they do with their children and everybody dying and not reject their faith? What would you do if you had two or three small children, just two, two or three children that's just two years apart? And you had to stand before the firing squad or the man with the hatchet in his hand and says, denounce your faith or we're going to cut these kids' heads off. I want to tell you, you're going to have to have more than Sunday morning religion. You're going to have to have more than what most folks has. You're going to have to have a hope. That is beyond anything on this earth. And that's what Paul is talking about. A hope that goes beyond what we can see or understand. Even to the point of raising from the dead. Hallelujah. I thank God for my salvation. I thank God for my Lord. Who made it clear to us so we could understand through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. That's all in one verse. Hmm. I mean, that verse just crowned full of good stuff. Through whom also we have access. Talking about our Lord and Savior. We have access to Him by faith into the grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, verse 3 said, but we also glory in tribulation. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character. Hope. He said these are all the channels you're going to pass through getting to hope. Tribulation. Persecution. Perseverance. He said it's going to to give character to you before it's over. Because hope is waiting at the end of it. With life in his hands. Now, hope does not disappoint. <laughs> oh, glory. I'll tell you, i get happy every time I come to that verse. Hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit <clears throat> who was given to us. We got on Spirit this morning in class. Remember, class? You that are here was in that class. We talked about the Spirit. Talked about what the Bible said right here. The Bible said, He gives Him to us. Just one of the ways. He gives Him to us. Just clears the paper, clears the word on my sheet here. Been poured out into our hearts. By the Holy Spirit who was given to us, I have the full right and authority. I don't need to say that because I'm afraid to be a tender heart or a young Christian that won't understand so I won't say it, okay. <clears throat> I have full right and authority to boldly proclaim that the Holy Spirit lives in me 724. And if he don't know what God's doing, I sure don't. But because he lives in me at any time, day or night, he can speak to me and I know immediately the Holy Spirit has done gone and got up. Hope does not disappoint point closest thing I can illustrate this I probably told this story a thousand times but I put Danny on a deer stand when he was young I don't remember how young teenager I guess went off and left him I said I'll be back at 11 o'clock pick you up do not leave this stand do not get down from this stand wait till I come back and help you down with a gun Unload the gun before you even think about getting off in that stand. Don't leave a shell in it. I come back and he wasn't there. I'll try to make a long story short. I went to camp, which was five miles away, and I got to camp expecting that Brother DeCanter had picked Danny up because he and Danny was close together there. And Brother DeCanter was sitting there by the fire, and I said, Brother DeCanter, you seen Danny? No, I haven't seen him. I thought maybe you picked him up. No, I didn't, I didn't think about it. I didn't figure. You didn't say nothing to me about it. I get back in my truck, and you're talking about making five miles in a hurry. I made five miles in a hurry. Wind was high like it was today. I mean, just swinging the tops of the trees. I hollered, no Danny answer. I take off through the woods, but about halfway to the deer stand, which wasn't far, about as far as the highway from where I was parked, about halfway, I was overcome with fear. I've totally overcome with fear. Fear I'm talking about to the point that I fell on the ground on my face and couldn't move. I didn't want to face what I thought might be there when I got there because it's now one or two o'clock and I'm three hours late from when I said I was going to pick him up and I had to ask the Holy Ghost to talk to me and tell me what to pray and what to say and if I ever needed the Holy Ghost, I need him then. And he did not fail. He got me up off that ground and said, go on, everything's all right. Do you know how hard it is for human beings to believe everything's all right when everything looks bad? Long story short, I get to the stand, there's no Danny. Okay, I start thinking then and I holler more times and I said, he can't hear me if he's not downwind to me. Anyway, I get to thinking now, which way would he go? What would he do? He's not here, so he must have done something that was out of ordinary. I walked a little ways and there his coat was on the ground, covered in blood, blood scattered everywhere. Just a stream of blood. But you know, I done had that experience back yonder on the floor and on the ground. And the Holy Ghost is still with me and still helping me. And I started following the blood. I'm thinking he had shot himself. And he's forgotten what direction is the road and going in the wrong way. But he had shot a deer. And as a boy would do, he took out of the deer. You that don't like deer be killed, I'm sorry but it's just the way the story is. <laughs> Over a hill, down and under a hill, that deer went. Danny went after him. He tried every kind of thing to try to get him back up that hill. He got down and put him straight on his neck like an Indian would carry out a deer, you know, but it was too much for a little fella. When I saw him, these are my words. You'd have thought I'd have fell on my knees and thanked God for everything, but I didn't. My human part come out and I said, are you hurt? He said, no. I said, well, that's a good thing you're not hurt now because I'm, I'm fixing to hurt you. I'm fixing to whip your daylight side of you for getting off in that deer stand. I didn't, of course. Rejoice in hope. You see, life takes you through some miserable places. Life can take you through some rough waters. Life can take you through some dangerous areas. But hope, 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 hope that sustains us, hope never fails. If we'll listen to him. I have no idea what scripture I was on. Where did I go last? Y'all know? No? Y'all don't know either. Okay, let's just go to let's go to Romans 5 2 through whom also we have access by faith into the grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We stand, meaning our freedom from guilt, our freedom from shame, our freedom from disappointing God. Not only that, but our progress as we stand, we're actually moving forward. Because of hope. We are rejoicing in hope as we move along. As we pass one rough place in our life to the other, we keep on moving because of hope. Then he brings up something we don't like, tribulation. But all this works for us. Tribulation is not a bad thing. It works for us. It teaches us things. And I don't have time to give all the illustrations of what I could of tribulation, but all this works for us. Note verse four. At the end, hope. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. He said, when you pass through one of these places that's rough in your life, he said, remember on the other side, hope is still standing. Hope is still moving forward. Hope is still holding you up for you. So faith, hope, and love, all these are all in the scriptures that I have shared with you to this point. And for the next few minutes, let me just zero in heavier, if that's possible, on hope. Romans 5, 5 said, now hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. It is a hope that will not deceive us. It is shed into our hearts. What did he say? By the Holy Ghost. He sheds it into heart by the Holy Ghost as a sweet ointment, as a perfume, if you please, for the soul. We will not be ashamed Either of our hope in him or our suffering for him because of this hope that is seen. That's my second point. I'm really to my second point. It's like the runner who sees a goal line which while he hopes for it, but the hope Paul wants us to see is far beyond that as I said earlier. 824 said, For we all were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. What, Paul? He said we're seen, but hope that is seen is not hope. You're not supposed to read ahead of me now. For Why does one still hope for what he sees? That's an interesting point there. Doubt has a way of clouding our minds, but hope has a way of looking beyond doubt and seeing our victory and seeing our future and seeing our promised land. And when someone gets depressed or gets despondent or these kind of things falls up on a person and they don't act their normal self, I want to tell you it is not simple for them to just get up one morning and say, well, I'll just forget about that and move on. It ain't that easy. No, it ain't that easy. So, hope is the one thing that we hang on to. I know, God, that I'm not like I ought to be, but I believe you. I believe you'll bring me out of this state I'm in. I believe you, God. Faith expects the promise, respects, not expect, respects. Faith respects the promise. Listen close to this. Faith respects the promise. Hope the things promised. Faith is the evidence. Hope is the expectation. All things not seen. Faith is the mother of hope. Faith gives birth to hope. But once hope is born, then hope becomes that trigger or that depender or that rope that you're hanging on to and he ties a knot in, it ties around your waist and won't let you go until you can walk again. Hope. Whatever we're facing today, hope says God is out there on your behalf. Whatever we're going through, hope says God is just waiting for an opportunity to help you out. It's going to happen. Romans 15, 4, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. You take the Word of God on faith. Healing and hope defeats the devil every time. Hope comes through Scripture as a, as a, as a, I, I'll see it like this. Now, in my young days when I food with, with air conditioning and stuff, we call those things you put through the ceiling on what to call them now, we call them conduits. And it brought the air from the outside to the inside, or the heat from the outside to the inside. It channeled it to where it needed to go. That's the same thing hope does through the Scripture. That's what it does. It's like a conduit pipe from God to the fountainhead. That's you. That's shouting territory. Our consolation is founded on the hope of eternal. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God and not only, but joyful in tribulation because the saints have good hope. When a person loses their hope, just an average person, when they lose their hope, they're done for. It's that same way with the Christian. If he loses his spiritual hope, he's done for. Hope is that that we hang on to. Titus said, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from ever lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people. Zellies for good works. Huh? Put that by me one more time, I will. It's just too good to pass up. Get my gallus up. Hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Fishermen, any fishermen in here? Fishmen. Sometimes they want an anchor. The winds are blowing and they found a good hot spot. They want an anchor to keep them there no matter what the wind's doing. They want an anchor to keep them steady in one place. Men, one of come up with this ingenious thing we're going to use. I don't know if it's going to work. I've never had a chance yet and I'm spilling water everywhere, aren't I? anchor the bible said the anchor for me is hope said i'm anchored in hope do you get it tonight church that no matter what storm is raging in your life how hard the wind is blowing and everything's falling apart the bible said hope is going to keep you it's going to raise the dead where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become the high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Two immutable things, the counsel and the oath of God. Lie he cannot, the Bible said. Contrary to his nature, the Bible said. The gospel hope is our anchor. It is sure. It does not fasten in sand. But in the veil and fixes there upon the Son of God, He is the object. He is the anchor hold of the believer's hope. Have you reached a place in your life it seemed like you've lost anchor and blowing just any old where? Get back a hold of hope. Hope will anchor. Hope will hold you steady. Hope will keep you. And I'm trying to close. Peter said, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Pastor was talking to us this morning about how we need to be examples of our church, witnesses. That's what Paul said here, sanctify the Lord God in your heart, always be ready to give a defense. You may have never had to give a defense before. If this country of ours keeps going like it's going, we will give a defense, a defense. He said, give a defense in your hope, in the anchor of your hope. What sort of hope do you have? Number three is children of God, and I'm closing. Behold what manner of love the Father bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, because it does not know him. Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in himself purifies himself just as he is pure. Colossians one twenty three. If indeed you continue in the faith grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to you, every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, became a minister. Continue, he said. Be grounded in this hope. We're not we are to keep the hope we receive from God as a gift that we received it. He says he gives it to us. One last scripture and I'm closed. Come to the music please. Second Thessalonians 2 Thessalonians 2.16 Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and our Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope. And good hope through grace. What is grace? Unmerited favor. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. God just give it to me. When I turned to him, he bestowed upon me Grace. Grace. And he said, hope is by this grace that has been bestowed upon you. Are you hungry that you might learn more and more about the hope God's given? It's not just a word in the Bible that we use every day, language that we use about things, but it is a powerful word in this three words, faith, love greatest of these is love why is it greater because nothing else works without it nothing else matters without it father would you stand please all over the building father I thank you for the word tonight God the word has redeemed us and cleansed us and made us whole The Word is what causes us to grow. The Word, God, is what causes us to get strong, mighty in your power and in your spirit. The Word, Lord, is what brings us into that presence of Almighty God. Lord, help us to not lose hope. Lord, we must keep hope. We must sustain ourselves with hope. Oh, God, let us walk in love and faith that hope may sustain us in this present evil world. Oh, God calls a trigger in our spirit to be ignited with a fire that burns with a desire for faith and hope and love. I pray, Jesus, in your name.